In the next few minutes, uh, we're going to talk about how to teach your 15-year-old daughter how to say no when she's in highly pressured situations. And welcome back to Sitting in a Car. I'm Sarah Sproul and I sit in a car each week answering a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. And the answer for this week's question comes from the courage pillar inside the Evolved Family Method. And the courage pillar uh, gives you the skills to uh, speak up about complicated things, uh, build deeper connection with your child as you do that, and um, take action using everyday opportunities to have conversations. So what many parents will do when they have this question about teaching their 15-year-old how to say no is say something like, you know, you can always say no, right? And when people pressure you, then um, that's an opportunity to realize that maybe they're not a good as friend as you thought they were. And then the teen will probably roll her eyes or say, yes, I know, or something equally bored. And the conversation just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel connected. And you really don't feel like you got your message across. And you know what? Like, I actually understand why most parents deal with the situation like that, because we're not taught None of us are really taught the high-level communication skills that are needed to manage a situation where we're raising teens, where we feel anxious about their safety, and we want to make sure they know how to care for themselves in the best possible way. Like, Ideally, in our world, we would be taught high-level communication negotiation skills in primary school, but we're not. And so here we are. So I've learned that when parents have this question and they say to their child you know you can say no right and all that thing I just said that it's an indicator of a very courageous but a tongue-tied parent now on the face of it it looks like the parent is saying what needs to be said right and they're courageously stepping forward and having a conversation with their teen but the tongue-tied part really is not knowing or not being able to say the things that are going to make a difference in their teen's life, that um, the approaches that we can take to this question that builds connection with our teen rather than um, brings down a barrier and a sort of a experience of misunderstanding. So if you're experiencing this effect of sort of feeling courageous but tongue-tied, then um, you might be feeling afraid. There's that sense, that realization that your influence has waned. Um, it feels like maybe just yesterday that the, your children listened to everything you said. Well, my children never did that. Or at least that you had influence over their life and you could control who they saw. Um, and they would tell you if they feel upset or something's going wrong. But there's that deep sense of being completely out of your depth now with a teenager. And you've got this concern and fear for them. And you know what? We, Of course, we're going to feel like that because we all want the absolute best for our child. We want to keep them safe. We want to know beyond a shadow of a doubt that we have done our absolute best because maybe there's that thought in the back of your mind that if only you knew exactly the right thing to say, you would be able to prevent um, something difficult or painful or really horrible from happening in your 15-year-old's life. So in this episode, let's talk about how to um, help a 15-year-old 
feel like she can say no if she's in a place of being pressured. And these steps, I'm just going to warn you, they are probably not what you're going to expect. Point one, give her opportunities to say no in your family. Families in an ideal world are a very safe place to practice new skills. And um, saying no is a skill. We need to learn how to say no, um, particularly with girls or other people who are socialized to put other people's needs in front of their own, it may be hard to say no. And it is quite possible that in your family, you have a culture that doesn't necessarily support kids to say no. And, you know, there's no shame or embarrassment for realizing, oh, actually, we, we punish kids who say no. Um, there's no shame in that because our culture and traditional parenting styles, really traditional authoritarian parenting styles, would have had this model that the parent says something, what the parent go, says goes, and if the child says no, um, they get sent to their room or they get put on the timeout step or whatever it is. When we're thinking about creating skills for negotiating consent, though, or um, raising confident kids, the word no has a different meaning and it's a it's an experience that we can allow our children to have what it feels like to say no to something and to listen to other people's no model what it looks like for someone to hear no and be okay with it right so um, let's think of some examples that a 15 year old could say no it's come to the weekend and you really want to go on a family walk to, in my case, Dublin Mountains or down to Wicklow. Um, you want to give your teenager, though, the chance to say no. So this means you need to be flexible with your family plans. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying that it's more helpful and you could be really clear about it. You could have a conversation, and this will be um, point two, so I won't go into too much detail. You could have a conversation about the fact that you realize that there's not a lot of opportunity to learn how to say no in your family. So what could those opportunities look like? Point two, let's go into it straight away. Take responsibility for the fact that maybe there's not been lots of opportunities to say no in your family. Apologize for that. That could look like... Um, I learned something new this week um, that I've realized that in our family, we haven't given a lot of opportunity for kids to learn how to say no. And I'm sorry about that. I didn't realize that was important when you were young, um, but now I do. And um, so I'm going to need to have a think about the ways that I can make this right. Okay. So essentially what you've done there is you have modeled what taking responsibility for something that happened in the past that maybe wasn't that great looks like. I mean, that in itself is a whole episode for sitting in a car. Maybe we can do one of those another time. But um, once you've taken responsibility, then you have a chance to go into negotiation with your young person to find out what are some of the things that they go along with in the house that are not good, that they don't like it, that they feel under pressure, that they feel upset about. Now, 
this is high level parenting. You know, some of you might be feeling really a little bit like, oh, this feels awkward. And I don't know how our family would run if there wasn't clear, rigid rules. I'm not saying there, do, there has to be no clear, rigid rules, but I'm, what I am saying is that there needs to be collaboration. Collaboration with who gets to set the rules, who has a say in what the rules are. And that is a super way to give our kids the experience of what feeling heard sounds like, what it looks like, what it feels like in their body. And so when they're in those highly pressured situations outside the family, they will start to be able to acknowledge like, oh, hang on a minute. I'm not feeling heard here. I'm feeling under pressure. And the awareness is such an important step before we can get to the point where our child is able to say no. I just want to give you uh, step 2.2 before we go on to point 3 because there are lots of different ways to say no. And how could it be possible to brainstorm with your kid what some no's would look like that was socially acceptable um, in their friend group? It could be like, oh, unfortunately, my mum's asked me to come home for dinner or I don't have enough data on my phone so I can't um, ring to find out or, oh, sorry, I've got a consequence at home because I didn't do my homework last week and I can't stay. Or whatever the excuses are or um, the ways of saying no that feel um, easier to say rather than straight out no. I mean, I live in a culture where people very rarely say no um, oftentimes it's like we, we make excuses. Yeah. So sometimes there are more culturally easier ways to put a boundary in place and say no than actually saying no. Point three, there is a whole different system of communicating with teenagers and it actually doesn't involve a lot of talking. <laughs> a lot of it is about listening and just being there. And I can do no better in telling you about that than to recommend a book. Uh, for those of you on the podcast, it's called Breaking the Hush Factor by Dr. Karen Rain, R-A-Y-N-E, Rain. This book, 10 Rules for Talking with Teenagers About Sex, sets up the really practical, easy, well, actually not so easy, but simple that's the word really, simple ways to start communicating with teens about all sorts of complex things. And having a conversation about no would absolutely fall into a category of having a complex conversation. So this reading a book like this, it's not particularly big. It has, let me tell you, it's about 150 pages. It's not that much, but it will change the way you think about how to communicate with your child in a way that makes the most sense to them and prioritizes connection with them. Like you know, inside the Evolve School, um, there are lots of skills that you learn about connecting with a child. And we mainly focus on children that are 13 and younger. But that book is a super way to get up to speed with some of the ways that you can talk about anything at all with your child. So you've just learned three ideas about how to help you support your 15 year old to start learning to say no. But again, these skills are going to do you not a whole lot of good, like it'll be a little bit helpful. But if you don't have, if you haven't learned the abilities to care for yourself as you're going through this experience of your teenager 
growing into independence because that is a whole developmental stage that is super challenging for a parent and there are things that we can learn to support ourselves to support ourselves through this process inside the evolved um, family method I call that the kindness pillar and we're looking at all the different ways we can soothe ourselves and care for ourselves our nervous system so that we can stay present for our child because it's super easy to get anxious and afraid and about worried about worst case scenarios and I don't know about you but when I'm in that way of thinking I am not present for my child and I am in panic land and no good parenting happens from panic land. So um, be aware that there is a whole other subset of skills that are important when it comes to talking to our children about sensitive things like this. And that's sitting in a car for another week where I've answered a question to help you raise your confident and caring young person who respects themselves and the people around them. Bye for now. I got distracted. Oh. <laughs> oh dear. Fun and games. Just wait for these people to go past. There we go. Got distracted again. Where was I? Excuse me.